Republican Anthony Rogers has no previous political experience. Hey man, this is Tommy Chong, and right now you're listening to the Anthony Rogers Show. Hey all you cool cats and kittens, it's Carol Baskin, and you are listening to the Anthony Rogers Show. Hey y'all, this is Kevin from Candlebox, you are listening to the funny man Anthony Rogers. Hey, my name is Alex Sulkin, writer of TED and Family Guy, and you're listening to The Anthony Rogers Show. Lucky you. We are High as Conspiracy, live and on direct. This song is called Music is the Medicine, right here on Anthony Rogers, best damn podcast in the blood clot world. Medicine, medicine. Music 
show in the entire universe um today we have co-host nadia north hello and uh i guess i'm finding out, i'm finding out with you guys about uh <laughs> jerry pope legend of uh like several industries it looked like when i looked you up man like um uh, chip and old dancer she brought my attention to that i thought that was good uh how are you doing brother doing good how are you anthony good man good so she said a picture of you as a guest and you had like this you're like six pack was insane i just felt i felt hideous as soon as I saw, i'm like i'm like man i'm like uh, in missouri i'm like good looking i feel like you know and then, I, and then I saw your picture. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> this dude's so ripped. It's like insane. He literally said your six pack has a six pack. I started cracking up. <laughs> oh, damn. I, I've been lay off the potato chips. I've gotten a little lazy uh, over the last couple of weeks. <laughs> That's hilarious, man. So, uh, uh, Nadia was telling me you were a Chippendale dancer? Yeah. Well, uh, you know, once upon a time um, from uh, 2005 to uh, right around 2010, I, I worked with the company. So that was back when it was like the real Chippendales, like you guys had to audition and everything else, right? Uh, correct, yeah, that was the, um, they had a, a nationwide tour that really, I mean, they were global back then. Uh, they had a show in Vegas that was like a stationary deal. Um, they had the East Coast Chippendales, which was, I was part of that. And uh, they had the West Coast Chippendales that so we basically split uh, from the Mississippi, 25 states east, 25 states west, and then we took half of Canada, and uh, I was part of the group that went over to Europe as well. Dude, that's awesome. That's crazy, man. It's like, what uh, what is some like, what's what's like a perspective like only you would have from this? Like, what's like some crazy shit that happened, like fans or something? Like, what? I mean, he's like, you probably have like what, like uh, probably have like milf groupies around the world now from traveling with that brand. Yeah, um, let me open this up here real fast. Super sure. So I get some air. It was uh, it was like wintertime here yesterday. I was walking around in a, in a sweatshirt in the day at summertime. So the AC didn't quite cool it down up here for me. 
Uh, but yeah, um, you know, I got all kinds of crazy stories. Uh, it, it just depends upon what level you you would like me to take it to here on on your show. So I, I don't know <laughs> what all I can say or, or what I you can't say whatever say. you want, man. I'm, I'm just I, I like that. That's like like that's like energy the Beatles have, but it's like way more like way more crazy probably. You know, you, I, I just imagine like um like stripping having a way crazier fan base than like music or something. I just like seeing like you have like stalkers like people like stalk you for this and shit. Uh, we had we had a lot of women that would uh, caravan across country to see us, and some of them were really sweet and nice women, and some of them really creeped me out. <laughs> you know what I noticed is like they seem to be a lot more aggressive at the male review shows. Like girls are kind of brutal, like for a dollar and stuff, and they'll like grab onto the guys. And featuring Definitely. that, yeah, featuring like with me, you wouldn't see that, you know. So I kind of feel bad sometimes for the guys. The girls are like, "Woo!" <laughs> you know. Yeah, there's not. There didn't seem like many rules. Like I, I like, I, I feel like the rules are different. Probably, huh? Like, is that what you're saying? Yeah, it That's seems crazy. like it. I mean, you can correct me, but were the girls pretty uh, aggressive? Yeah. Well, you know, women think that they can get by with, you know, grabbing your ass and you know pulling your hair and all that stuff. Where if like a guy went into a, a female strip club you know, in a feature you was on stage and tried to do that, you know, he'd get bounced off the club on his head where women, you know, they think that, you know, they can get by with it because for guys that were, you know, not going to say anything. And for the most part, just as long as they weren't like too super aggressive, um, you know, which it did happen. I've had my hair pulled out. I've been bite, uh, I've been bitten. I've been had nails run down my back and, you know, draw blood and stuff like that. So, I mean, it was, it, it was definitely like, all right, you know, it's time to chill out with some of this stuff here, ladies, because it's there's there's a, definitely a certain line where, you know, it's fun and it's cute and where it's like, all right, you've had a little too much to drink and you need to turn it down some here. I, you know, I had to say that a couple of times, women, I'm sure some other guys had as well. I bet. How many guys were with you? Uh, between eight and ten was, you know, what we had out on the road back then. Was there like signature moves in case Anthony wants to learn them later? Uh, I think that would be for uh, another type of a show. Right. Uh, but yeah, you know, we had, I guess you call them signature moves um, that we had choreographed acts that we had to learn to, you know, actually be in the show. And, you know, when you had done your hot seats or you was kind of like freestyling, you know, during your own set, which is basically like after the main acts, we got to do a hot seat set when women would come up on a stage and they pay $20, $25 per lap dance and you give them you know, like a little 60 second dance and you know every guy kind of had his own little thing um you know I, I kept it clean and classy i didn't you know a lot of guys do, do like the flying 69 where they would flip the girl upside down and her crotch would be in my face and my face would uh, be in her crotch you know type of a deal and be bouncing across the stage i mean flying i'm, I'm sure like probably done that at some point in time uh, but you know i try to keep it as it, it, as clean up there as I could, especially in some areas, because, uh, you know, some of these places we was going to, like through Tennessee, and, you know, the Bible Belt area, uh, the, the liquor board, the ABC liquor board is what it was called, would show up at a lot in Michigan and it happened a couple of places too. Uh, and they were kind of sitting there, you know, Bible thumping the whole time. And we actually had a group show up and protest our show. Uh, just, I guess they just didn't know what we was going to be doing. They thought we would be in there, you know, doing something different than what we was they seen the show and they were like hey you know what this was choreographed it was 
you know, it was a classy show and, you know, we had a wrong impression of you guys. And, and this was, you know, this was actually okay. We're sitting there like, all right, well, we're, we're glad you approved, but you know, whatever. <laughs> it sounds like it was everybody's wives going and the dudes are just like, fuck this. <laughs> like, that's like, that's what the pro, they're like, <laughs> like, if my wife was like, yeah, I'm going to go hang out with like these, like, like seven dudes that are just like naked. And like, what the fuck? It's probably, it's probably the entire town's probably like that. It's probably where a lot of that came from, I imagine. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, exactly. Stuff. They probably thought we was going to, you know, try to, you know, have sex with their wives on stage or something like that. And, you know, that was the farthest thing from actually, you know, what went down during the show. <laughs> No, this yeah, is it's kind of 69. That just sounds like a crazy movie. I'm like envisioning this in my head. It sounds like yeah. a wrestler's like finisher, like the fine 69. Yeah, I know. Well, it, it looked like a pile driver with a girl's head between <laughs> your legs. So That's it, it could have been turned into a wrestling move if you dropped her for sure. That's crazy. So what time frame was this like that you, that you did all that stuff? What time frame meaning? Like, like what, uh, like 90s or something? Or like, what's I was trying to guess. Uh, this, uh, well, you know, I started. Um, in the late nineties, like right out of high school. That's a totally um, different generation. That's just totally different I, than today. Like it's gonna be crazy. Like he's like today. It's like what I, I mean. Today we have like I think I think porn's like way more mainstream and just so so that made like everything else more mainstream. I think but, like the nineties. That was that was like probably edgy as fuck at the time. You know what I mean? Like I, I feel like and it still is to. A, I mean it still is to a degree. I'm not saying but, like that was probably crazy for the nineties. Like what would you like parents think of that shit? Were they like on board? Were they like what the fuck? You know? Or was it like? Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, I caught my big break with Chippendales uh, around 2005. But, you know, figure out how old I am, if you want to do the math, uh, like 98, right out of high school. Uh, I met some girls that were dancers at a local club here in Cincinnati, where I'm from, from the area. And, um, you know, I, I was driving for them, basically, like, kind of running security. Um, and then, you know, I kind of fell into the whole dancing part. They were short guys one night, and, and I didn't even want to be you know a male dancer i was around and watching the girls get naked and you know making like 20 bucks a show or whatever it was that you know i was making on the side and telling my buddies about my weekend um yeah at the time that was cool uh so like probably around you know, like 2000 which i was about 20 1920 uh you know i started you know doing more parties and then i started working the local male review circuit um you know and, and being a personal trainer through the week and uh, just kind of having some fun with it, being, you know, really young and not really knowing, you know, what, you know, what I was really going to be, you know, looking forward to in the years to come or how far we go. I mean, you know, two decades, you know, I was at it for 20 years and I still have women from, you know, 15, 16 years ago that follow me on Facebook and like my pics and wish me happy birthday and all that stuff. So, I mean, I guess I must have left some kind of, a, of an impression um you know on some of these women and people people you know still ask me about it and even like you know later on i got into acting and i done you know a decent amount of mainstream work i saw, that. People, I saw that, that people that know me or, or knew me from before or whatever or, or you know somebody tells them about me and like oh he was an actor and you know which i still do acting i don't dance really as much these days uh the, the main thing that comes up more than anything else is uh is my chippendale days people ask me about that and it's like that was 12 years ago. And, you know, I feel like I've done a whole lot more since, but I don't mind talking about it. I think it's, I think it's kind of funny. I mean, I, I guess I guess I must've done something right. Uh, but my parents, they, they were cool about it. At first they, they didn't know or, or understand what it really was um, or what I was doing exactly. And, uh, you know, I sat down and told them like, Hey, this, you know, it's just parties. It's just girls. You know, my whole uh, 
clientele and, you know, crowd fan base uh, has always been females. And, you know, if, if you dance for guys, that's fine. It's your thing. It's not my thing personally. Uh, but, you know, I mean, it was, I was a young guy and, and I wanted to, you know, meet girls and what better way to do that. I mean, I was already going out to the clubs and paying to get in and paying for drinks and trying to get numbers. And, you know, I, I was pretty lucky and fortunate to get into the business when I did. And, you know, I seen the whole thing kind of progress and develop as far as, you know, the internet and then, you know, my space, um, you know, I got with Chippendales, um, like I said, around 2005 and then 2006, uh, my space blew up. But for me, like just getting on their website and having a forum page and then coming off tour and, you know, going to the library and checking my, you know, forum page and communicating with the women, uh, you know, that were, that see me at the show and they would post up pics and it wasn't like selfies from a, from a phone. I mean, I, I know this sounds so ancient, but it was like the old type of cameras that, you know, you wound up the disposable kind and then, you know, you would get your pictures developed and then they would, you know, however they got that up online. I was so computer you know, illiterate back then. I didn't even know how to turn a computer on. It was just kind of a nerdy thing to me, really. I had no desire in it. Uh, and then Chippendales had made uh, a MySpace page for me. And some girls kept asking me, like, hey, why don't you accept my firm request on MySpace? And I didn't know what it was. I had to get somebody to sit down and show me how to get on, you know, my MySpace page. And then I got inside there, and the thing had been up for, like I said, probably about a year. And I had thousands of firm requests from all these different girls and I, I remember going down on the on the firm request list and i'm like oh, i remember this girl and then i would click on her page and there'd be pictures of me and like you know the show and some of the other guys and stuff like that and i remember seeing like some of the profile pictures like me after a show and i'm like wow this is this is insane and you know i went viral on myspace really before it was a term and after five years of touring with, with Chippendales, I had close to a quarter of a million friends on the MySpace platform. And obviously I went out and I got a computer like the next day and you know, the whole thing kind of took off. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I was, you know, right there in the very beginning of, you know, the whole Internet media craze with all this. And, you know, what it's turned into now is it's insane. It's hard to keep up with, <laughs> to be honest with you. Yeah. Now, going from there, you started to do stuff with mainstream actors. Can you say, like, who you've worked with? Uh, yeah, sure. You know, I, I hate dropping names just because it sounds, like, really douchey. But we drink water here. Um, yeah. I mean, I can, I can name some names, sure. Um, so how the whole thing kind of came about was uh, after Chippendales, I started up my own review. Um, the I, I took about a year off. It was like the longest I took off in the business, and you know, just kind of came back home and focused on some family stuff. The economy really went bad. Um, that whole 2008 recession finally caught up with us around 2010, and there just wasn't no more shows. And you know, it was like, all right, this was this was a fun ride, and um, I started up my own show and the. Uh, that, that first Magic Mike movie came out and it really, you know, gave the business a, a, a big kick in the ass. Um, I, I'm sorry, can I say that? Yeah, can you can say, say whatever right. you want, bro, for sure. Okay. 
so it, it gave it a whole new you know breath of life and um i was only you know a year or two from you know touring with the chippendale group and uh i had a lot of promoters and clubs and stuff just kind of calling me up hey let's let's get a show together so i said all right cool you know let's let's do that and all the other guys were just kind of chilling at the time anyways you know that was how i you know put my show together um and then the second uh magic mike movie came out i can't remember when like 2014 or something like that maybe and uh some girls attacked me in a post and said hey you should they were looking for like extras that were like real mail review guys and mail strippers and stuff like that so i said all right i'll go down and see what this thing's all about <laughs> so i drove from cincinnati to savannah georgia and wound up getting hey it's me your favorite comedian anthony rogers um i'd like to tell you to get some uh exhale delta eight hemp gummies right now um i meant to do this review last week but i've been eating too many edibles uh, but so go ahead and uh get these link in the description 25 milligram eat one or two um i've been eating them for about three weeks they're pretty good go get them right now guys and joe how you say his last name i don't want to butcher it live on the internet um but all them guys were there except matthew mcconaughey because he wasn't in the second one i, I would really like to meet him but anyways um the following year uh film cincinnati really like developed basically i guess is the best way to say it and they started bringing a lot of movies here to the area and uh i thought man i'm gonna go down there and, and see what's up with this and um i landed another little like extra like this was more of a featured extra role um with the guy from honorage uh vinnie chase is adrian greenier greenier i, I don't want to butcher his name either uh real cool guy um it was a bruce willis movie <clears throat> and um big wrestler guy dave batista was in it and anyways the next year after that uh the same producers that made uh movies called the marauders it was a really fun experience. Uh, the same producers from that were putting together the, the Gotti movie uh, about John Gotti, the mob boss, where John Travolta and his wife, um, you know, played, he played John Gotti in his real life, his late wife, very nice, sweet lady. Uh, she played um, Victoria Gotti. I believe that was um, his wife's name. And, uh, you know, I landed, that was my first big break. It was my third film. And that was, you know, my, first actual like real role i guess you could say where i done something other than just sitting there and uh, i played a hitman and i shot one of the one of the main characters in the movie who was a uh, high level confidant to the real uh real john Gotti. and uh, it, that was just a trip I, I never expected you know to jump into something like that like you know right out of the gate and uh, i started getting some other you know pretty good roles and some stunt double roles and um you know i met everybody from colin farrell and nicole kidman i worked on several bruce willis's films um uh, anthony mackie frank grillo uh i shot a scene with um uh marcia marcia gay harden uh she played christian gray's mom and 50 shades of gray uh i worked on a film here um, called the public with uh, alec baldwin and uh and the, the late michael k williams and it was a, it was an emilio estevez film I feel like such a deuce dropping all these names, but <laughs> uh, I, I was I was pretty much in there with the who's who of you know the upper level of Hollywood actors you know from the past and, and present.
And I was rolling along with that and booking my show uh, and, do and doing really good with things all the way up until COVID. And then obviously, you know, that's, you know, changed a lot. And I'm not going to boohoo like, oh, COVID ruined this and that. And I'm fortunate I did get COVID. Uh, my son have it, had it rather. And, uh, you know, we were able to recover and everybody be healthy. Uh, so, you know, that's that's pretty much all I'll say about that. And, uh, you know, just re, uh, rebuilding myself, rebuilding my brand, um, you know, reinventing myself with things. And, uh, you know, trying to get my name back out there. And, you know, I appreciate you letting me come on to your podcast. I know you got a big following and fan base and a lot of people that want to come on your show. And, you know, I want to thank you and, and Nadia as well for mentioning my name. I, I know her by a real name. I, I, I promise I won't say it on purpose. Like calling her Nadia is, <laughs> is a little, a little different to me. But, you know, if I call her by a real name, just edit it out. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, no, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it, man. Like, uh, yeah, thanks for having me. That's crazy, man. It seems like you, I don't know, man, like I, that's gotta be wild going through that, like, like whole life, like just as a lifestyle stuff. And it's definitely seemed like a smart hustle in your twenties for sure. Like, like, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, what better way for a, a young single guy to meet girls, which is, which was my MO back then. Um, and then it just happened to turn into something that was, you know, a business and, and I, you know, felt I was, you know, really good at, at one point in time and, and I enjoyed. So, I mean, it was, it was definitely a blessing. That's crazy. Definitely. Life it took me around the world. Have. You know, I mean, I went all over the U S Canada, Europe through the Caribbean. Um, so, I mean, I, I have no complaints about it. I, I, I don't ha I'm not one of the people that's like, Oh, I got into business and you know, I got all messed up and this and that, like I stayed away from drugs. I've never smoked cigarettes. Um, I occasionally, you know, drink, you know, glass of wine or something like that. You know, I still work out and take care of myself. And, you know, I, I stayed away from the dark side of, of things that, you know, people can venture into and really anything. I know people that work in corporate America and they're, you know, they, they turn out just terrible <laughs> with things. Um, yeah. It comes with that stigma of like, Oh, you were in this lifestyle doing this and that. And, you know, you're a bad person or this or that. And it, it couldn't be the first thing from the truth. You know, I, very yeah. devoted to my family and kids. Um, you know, it's just all about the choice that you make along the ways, no matter what you choose to do in life. Yeah. I happened to Google like Chippendales and stuff, just to, like kind of refresh everything. And everything that came up was like, they're doing that documentary about the Chippendale murders. And I had no clue that even happened. Like, it, I was like, what is all this? What is that? I haven't heard that. Yeah, it's like all over the internet and I didn't even realize. So what? What is your take on that? You'll have to explain it to him. There's a little brief. Yeah, so that was all like way before, you know, my time within the company. Um, yeah, the documentary that they made on Discovery Plus um, about, you know, the early days and the two owners coming together and then splitting up and, um, you know, murder for hire and one, one owner, you know, had the other owner killed. That's uh, cool. a very tragic and, and sad story. The owner of what? Like the venue, like a venue owner, or like a or the owner of the Chippendales, or what, what owner was killed? Like I, I'm unfamiliar with the story. Like, yeah. So it was the um, it was the two owners. Uh, I'm trying to think of their names. One guy's name was Steve, and the other guy was Nick. Oh, owners uh, of the, like the Chippendales uh, like, franchise, and, and, and Nick DeNoya. Uh, they had a E2 Hollywood story come out, like right. Uh, before I, or when I got with Chippendales, 
and we used to get asked that question a lot. Um, it's been a long time since I've you know talked about it, but I did watch the documentary, and um, you know basically you had two guys. You had a business guy. You had uh, you know the choreographer talent guy, um, and the two business partners split, and the one business partner Nick took the troop, and I believe they went over to Europe, and. Um, yeah, the documentary would be able to tell. I said that wasn't my day or time, um, so I, I don't want to, you know, step on anybody's toes or anything, um, or, or say the wrong thing uh, about that. Because, like I said, I, I wasn't around back. This was in like the '80s and '90s. I was still just a kid. But basically, you had a disgruntled owner, and he turned really sour about things, and he hired a guy to go in and shoot this guy in his head in, in his office. I believe it was up in New York City. And then the FBI was, you know, basically tracking him down for however long it was. Uh, don't quote me on, but I think it was like three, four, five years, something like that. And they wound up, I believe, catching this guy over in Europe on a sting. And they got him in a hotel room. And, you know, he admitted why another guy was wearing a wire uh, about, you know, hiring him or whoever it was to murder his business partner. And uh, I mean, I say that, you know, I don't mean to laugh about because it's not funny. Um, just trying to, you know, remember the whole story. But yeah, yeah it's, it's just fucking wild, man. It was it was insane. Like a lot of people just think that we're, you know, whatever. But there's such a wild history, um, you know, with this business, uh, even going back to like being tied in with Playboy and uh, the documentary goes in, a, you know, about another guy who was around in the beginning. And there was a it was that's why they call it the curse of the Chippendales or murder murder mysteries because there was like two major murders that was involved with the people that started this thing up I like some you know old school mafia type of shit really you know to be honest with you um but it was it was definitely sad and tragic and you know thoughts to the family members you know that are still around um you know having to deal with all that stuff and I'm sure you know a documentary coming out them having to relive, relive all that that may i don't know that may not sell too well with them or, or whatever so uh but yeah i mean when i got with the company and the group it uh it had reached like kind of an iconic level and name at that point in time and all this crazy shit that happened before um you know, they, they set the world on fire with you know what they done in the 80s and in, and in the 90s and then it got rebranded um by a guy by the name of Lou Perlman, uh, who was around like in the early days of like Justin Timberlake and what was the, the NSYNC group and Britney Spears and all them. He was the guy that, you know, brought in all the choreographers for that. So, you know, I was I was there in, in the rebranding of the whole company in the early and mid 2000s. And it was it was a hell of a ride. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. So did you guys ever get in trouble? Like, you know, sometimes when you're on tour, do you have any wild stories like that? I mean, for the most part, was everything pretty good or? Yeah, I, I went, I got arrested off the coast of France once. Wait, you what? <laughs> I got arrested off the coast of France. Yeah, that, that so, would be Yeah, fun. there was a little bit of trouble. Um, we, uh, we were on tour over through Europe and we was doing these, um, these islands through the English Channel people would try to swim and cross it to some drunk guys back at our hotel, which was kind of a common occurrence. 
um, especially in the States, but the guys would just be drunk and maybe give us a couple dirty looks. You can give me all the dirty looks you want or, you know, mumble something under your breath when I walk by. I really don't care because I, I dealt with, you know, a lot of people just being haters early on. And I just shrugged a lot of that shit off. Uh, but, you know, when you come up and you put your hands on me or like one of my friends and, and you, you, you take it to that level, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to do what I got to do or what I have to do at that point in time. That's basically kind of what happened with this. A guy sucker punched. Uh, he was drunk, sucker punched a friend. Uh, a buddy went over to, you know, jump in. A guy hit me. I hit him. Another guy jumped on my back, went to the ground, in the face. Um, you know, he kind of stopped, got up, uh, went back up to my room. You know, I had on, you know, jogging. Actually, we went back to the hotel and I took a shower and I came out and I, I didn't have on a shirt. I just had on pants. I got up from this thing and my butt cheeks were hanging out. My shoe fell off. And so we, they were trying to say that I went down there and, you know, started this fight and I had my shirt off, which was true, but, you know, I just got out of the shower. I didn't go down there trying to get in a fight. Like I said, my pants fell down there. It was kind of comical, really. Um, but we definitely, you know, got the better of them guys and all their friends that were there just kind of witnessing this thing, these drunk guys just being belligerent. They said the opposite. And uh, me and the other two guys, well, um, on this island off the coast of France called Guernsey, and uh, we had to get with the U.S. Embassy. <laughs> We had to get with an attorney there on the island and basically like beat a case because they were, you know, trying to say that we were going to go to prison up for like, you know, four, five, six years, something like that. Yes, man. Now this diversion. Lavin on direct. We are highest conspiracy in this mother. Watch your mouth. Yeah. And this one's called Good Day right here on Anthony. Rogers, best day. Damn podcast in a blood clot world. You hear?
original Anthony Rogers, best damn podcast in the blood clot world.